It's the final countdown, or as we know, the count up really to Kabbalah's Torah, to receiving the Torah, but we are counting down the days. That's firstly in terms of the actual counting the Sphira, secondly to the receiving of the Torah, about which the Posuk in Tehillim says, He commanded this thing, this word, for the thousandth generation. The Midrashim mysteriously explain that the Torah was actually created by Hashem 974 generations before the actual physical world was created. Whatever exactly that means in Kabbalistic terms, um, I, I wouldn't know. But it's, that means that from Odom Horishon, we are counting down to Kabbalah Torah. And yes, there are 26 generations, 10 to Avram, 10 till Noach, and another six until Moshe receives the Torah. That 26, of course, once again, you'd give off Hashem's name. We start the counting from Odom. Now, those thousand years, sorry, those thousand generations should have paralleled the thousand years that Odom Marishon was meant to live, assuming we understand that after the the hate Odom Marishon, the sin of Odom Marishon, he was reduced to a thousand years. But for some reason, he only lived 930. Seikh Hazali was shown a vision of someone born in the future and passing away very quickly afterwards. And you very quickly realised that this was the Nisham of an important person in potential. That was Dovid. He gave 70 years of his life to Dovid. Odom, as we said last time, stands for Odom, Dovid, Moshiach, every important juncture in the development of the Messianic process to the final gilui or revelation of Hashem's dominion in the world as it was at the beginning of time. This process, which goes to, to get back to that gilu, to that, that the revealing, allowed the possibility of a tikkun, a rectification of the error of Odom Arishon, just like the Sphira, just like Sphira Sa'ime, is a rectification of our own personal growth, our own character traits. And this is the same parallel line which leads to Mashiach. And therefore, on this day, day 44, is Gevura Sheba Malchus, Strength, self-discipline in Malchus and kingship, as exemplified by both Yitzchok and Dovid, who, if you remember, we spoke about Yitzchok as the, the boy who should never have lived. Well, according to our Medrash just now, Dovid also was in that category. So Yitzchok and Dovid both should never have lived, but both lived on borrowed time because Dovid had borrowed from Odom. How ironic Therefore, that other, that's sorry, that David's kingship came after the kingship of his father-in-law, Shaul, which actually itself means borrowed or asked for, because Shaul himself, not from the tribe of Yehuda, only from Binyamin, the Bnei Rochel, lived on borrowed time. But therefore, you see, because of this, this limitation in time, and the reason of limitation time, it gives you more of a focus. If you just lived and lived and lived, we're told that Yom Hashem and there'd be no point. That's why Hashem reduced the number of years that we live. And as we explained, Yitzchok himself is the letters Kate's high, which means life's end, a cessation of life. And yet his name is Yitzchok, which means he shall laugh, because he laughs at the impossibility of that, the fact that he exists. And 
we have parallel with him, we have David, who is the first, well, sorry, the midpoint between Odom and Moshiach, but it's David's son, Shlomo, who is the first potential Moshiach ben David. And Moshiach, as opposed to Yitzhak, is Ketzchai. Moshiach is Shomchai. There is life, because Moshiach will reveal the ultimate, you know, the ultimate mark of Hashem, which means eternal life. The idea of the day, therefore, the Hanhogo, is to work against our negative internal and external thoughts and actions which prevent Moshiach coming. If you, do you remember cognitive dissonance? Yes, I would hope so. That for sure is one of the things that happens when it comes to this, because you know what, we have this vision in our mind of, ah, uh, when the Messiah comes, there will be this post-apocalyptic thing like you see in these, uh, in these what do you mean see, you hear in these radio programs where, where um, there's been some kind of war against artificial intelligence or against humanity against humanity and, and now there's no electricity left and people are basically living like before the Middle Ages or or people, and, and people don't like that idea. So of course they wouldn't want Moshiach if that's what it's going to be. Or there's going to be like this news filter that, you know, that imagine there will still be the technology, which by the way, there will be, there's no difference. It's not like technology disappears when Moshiach comes, but maybe some people think there'll be this news filter. You have to wear special glasses when you watch the news. So the men can only see male news readers and the women can only see female news readers. Whichever way you look at it, obviously I'm being slightly facetious, but the cognitive dissonance kind of tells us that we don't really want Moshiach to come. You ask a lot of people, perhaps it's a bit different this year, but you ask people sort of in the summertime when they're making their plans, you say, do you want Moshiach to come? Especially around Tisha B'Av, when you're meant to be thinking about that. Do you want Moshiach to come? And they go, yeah, yeah, I really do. But after my trip to Spain, please, because of cognitive dissonance, and that's what we've got to work on. And you know what? You've also got to work on the Shmir Saloshim, careful what you say about other people, and careful about Sinas Chinon, about baseless hatred, which both Yitzchok and David suffered from. Yitzchok suffered from the hatred of Avimelech, the Pelishti, who had no reason really to hate him. Note the irony of Avimelech, my father is king. Well, Yitzchok's father, Aram, as we know, was the one who had been crowned as king by Malki Tzedek, the official king of the area. And David, who of course was the king, is denied his kingship by Shimi ben Gero, curses him because he's a relative of Shaul and says, yeah, I deny your right to the kingship. But they both, they both walk away to live another day. And the Kinyan, therefore, on day 44, is lelamid, to learn in, in order to teach, because that's Masora, to pass on to the next generation, a chain, a chain like the Malchus of David and like Matzah Ovis Simon what we learn from the Ovis, we um, carries on to the children. And now look at David's ancestor, Rus. Root the root of Moshiach, because without her, yes, we'd be ruthless, and there would be no David. The underlying motif here is Devekus, clinging, loyalty. She shows loyalty to Normi, she shows no loyalty to her people, till death do us part, that's what she says. Again and again and again, you find the root of Devekus, Dovak, being used in Megillah's the revealing of Rus, the revealing of who she really is, and we're meant to ask ourselves, who are we really? And even when it's not necessarily using that, that route, it still talks about her loyalty to people, to Naomi, and to her, her, her late husband. And this question that's running through, which we'll, we will return to, of course, is me at Bitti. Who 
are you, my daughter? Who are you, Rus? How can it be that you're so not? Who are you? Are you a Moabite? Are you Jewess? We will come back to that. Now, the story begins with a very ominous phrase, by he be may, we know when it says that, and it was in the days of, we always learn that that's meant to be something negative. And yes, it's shafoit hashoftim, either when the judge is judged, but more ominously again, the judging of the judges, because people speak about their leaders, their role models in disparaging terms, of course, they're on the road to ruin. And therefore, the generation itself was living on borrowed time, Eli Melech, as opposed to Avimelech, note the irony there, Elimelech, whose name means the kingship is mine, because the kingship was meant to come from his family, but he runs out of time. He dies in the fields of Moab, where Rus comes from. And so does Machlon, so does Kilion, and all that's left is Normi. And Normi says to Rus and Oropol that she's run out of time. She says, why are you hanging around me? Why are you sticking to me? Because oh, I'm going to get married to, even tonight and have a child and you want Yibum and whatever. It's not going to happen. We've run out of time. Understand that Rus shows us, no, as long as the candle is still burning, you have a way back. The point of the Oymet is to fix and get back to that root. And eventually we're told that the end product that Sadiq and those who work on themselves is they'll receive this mysterious thing called Shai Oylom, it's 310 worlds, because there's a possible to, to give to inherit um, 310 worlds. Yesh, yesh is 310. Shai Oylom is 310 worlds. Shai is the Gamachi of Oymer. How do you do this? By revealing the malchus through your self-control, from going from an eved to a melech, melech, moyach, leiv, kovoid. That moyach, that brain which is in control, makes you the melech. And that's why moshiach is yesh moyach. You have the brain on top. 